Welcome to Know Your Gear QA. As always, if you're new and this is the first time you're watching this video, just keep in mind that I take in the time to put all of the things we talked about in the questions, timestamp them in the description below as a time index. All right, uh, win for music says, daughter found me a 1977 PV Mace 320T amp head at a yard sale. What can you tell me about it? Best cabinet below, $1,000 to match with it. Oh, best cabinet are below, $1,000 to match with it. Uh, so, uh, well, here, here's the deal. I, I don't know if I would uh, spend $1,000. I know you're not saying you're gonna. I'm looking right now, so you guys know. Um, because... Uh, so obviously you must have a head. When I Googled it right now, it's saying, hold on. Yeah, all I'm getting is combos coming up. But, um, so if it's a combo, well, if it's a head, obviously you need a cabinet, but I'm seeing combos. Um, my, my thought is I, I would personally, you know what I mean? Uh, this is, this is going to go weird, but that amp, especially PV, and I bag on PV pretty hard right now. <laughs> I feel like lately with these video rankings, I've been bagging on them. Keep in mind, I have a serious love for old PB stuff. Hardly PB to me is, 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 you know, he's 80 years old. I think he's 80, 81. I don't know that for sure. I'm just guessing, but I think I'm right. Cause I'm trying to think about the last time I kind of heard his age and how time's gone by. I think partly is 80, Hartley, Hartley is 80 now. Hartley, whether you know this about PB and I'm answering your question too, when for few music, it's just tied into this. Um, Hartley PV, PV is a company, so you know, has more probably patents in the music industry than probably anyone else or in the top five, for sure, okay? So PV, Hartley PV has accomplished so much as a company, and PV in their heyday, I always say the heyday, um, was, was actually, if we knew what we had back then, I think we would have appreciated it better. I think musicians just were conditioned, just, you know, like consumers, we were conditioned at the time to think, ah, oh, yeah, it's PV, it's cheap stuff. But we had no idea how cheap the cheap stuff was going to get soon. Everybody, like, we all agree now that the product now is really cheap and it's really good and it's, and, uh, you know, whatever, and there's a lot of quality things. But let me tell you, when I say, hey, this made in blah, blah, blah import thing is good and for 150 bucks, that's not bad, I don't expect that thing to be working in 20 years. PV stuff just wouldn't, it doesn't die. I mean, you see this old PV stuff just like won't die. It's great. Um, so there are some, there are some things you can say wrong with about PV and there's some things you say great, but overall as a company, I think it's great. So what I'm trying to tell you, uh, when for music is if it was me, I think one thing I'd acknowledge is this, that the Mace 300 T or 320 T amp, the amp you're talking about, although I'm not super versed in it, I am versed in the fact that PV spent a lot of time, believe it or not, more time than probably anyone does now, uh, trying to match speakers to cabinets and doing things right. So if I was going to put speakers with it, I'd put some old PV speakers with it. An old, find an old PV cabinet. You can find one for a deal. Get yourself a good old PV cabinet with some some good speakers in it for that PV actually used to cone and make themselves that are probably voiced to really make that amp sound good. And you have a piece of history there. You know what I mean? It's an American-made amp, and it's cool, and it was a time that existed that's never going to exist again. I bag on PV not because they went to import stuff. That's not – I don't want anybody to think that's what I'm giving them crap for. Um, the – the the thing that I have a problem with PV has nothing to do with whether or not they've abandoned their American factory or not. Although that's something I I, I don't agree with. I think uh, where what I realize is, in my in my opinion, it's just an opinion. Harley PV is 80 years old, and you know you need somebody to take over the company. And it looks like whoever's taking over the company doesn't have the passion and the drive he does. And if they hear that, because this is a video and it's out there on the internet, I hope it stings you a little bit. Maybe that motivates you to know the guitar channels like me are just not impressed with you. And you could be so much better. There's no reason that a PV could not... Paul Reed Smith, gets the guy, gets way more respect than Harley PV. And Harley PV should command as much respect as anybody out there. Uh, that is a company that's achieved a lot. So that's my tirade on that. My my When my friends come over, one of my amps, I take the time to show them all the time, is my classic 30. There's just no shame in this product. It's just a great product. So some of you guys love PVs. Some of you guys don't love PVs. It's out there. But uh, yeah, see, Michael says PV was the first CNC guitar next. P Think about this. I have the article in my other in the other room i'll show i'll have to print it and show it to you guys and put it on like instagram uh when hardly not only was the first cnc but the industry actually 
they actually pushed back on that. So you know, the industry thought this was the dumbest thing ever. If you guys don't know how this worked, Harley PV uh, and PV is a company. What happened was when they were making product, they were making a PA systems and guitar amps, and they were they were doing great, and they were giving dealers more margin, and they were giving great product for price, and so they were undercutting Fender and other companies, right? And the Fender guys, well, they're not dumb, and they're the biggest thing around there. So when those guys, the reps, went to the stores, they were basically like, "If you're going to carry PV, you can't have Fender." So the the dealers, which uh, and by the way, this story is something I've heard from multiple, at least a dozen now old school dealers guys that had stores back in the 60s and 70s because pv started like 65 uh, but mostly we're talking about the 70s and now the 80s for these stories but what happens is is they tell fender tells the dealers like hey well you know you you got to stop carrying pv and so when the dealers told pv this you know pv's like well my amps are better and they're cheaper and you make more money so what do you need fender for and they're like we need them for guitars man you don't make guitars so hardly pv this crazy guy, innovator, collects guns. This is true. Collects guns and thought, you know, all my my stocks on my guns are are made with a CNC, right? At that time, it's like a lathe, right? Uh, so CNC lathe type machine. So basically, he reaches out to one of the gun companies and is like, hey, what do you use? And they told him. And he went to Europe and bought one and brought it back and started making bodies. And I think. The, the article said that they, in the first day, they made like 200 bodies the first day. And they started making mass-produced guitars and uh, necks and bodies. And over time, you know what I mean? And the industry was like, this is stupid. <laughs> I love the industry. It's stupid, yet now there's no such thing as them. Well, besides small builders, obviously companies, small guys like Texas Toast, uh, you know, they pride themselves. Atomic Guitars, another guys I know that make great stuff, uh, pride themselves on not using CNC machines, you know, right? It's, I call that artisan stuff, right? Uh, the whole, the, the mojo of wanting a guitar from Atomic Guitar Works or, or Texas Toast, and I'm just picking on those two guys because I know them. Um, is that it's artisan stuff, man. You're getting something made by that guy. You know what I mean? You understand that somebody out there, somebody has a Paul Reed Smith made by Paul. But not not more than a few. You know what I mean? So at some point, you get big enough to where you don't become the artist anymore. You start running your shop. And then people do the work and stuff. So anyways, uh, back to the PV thing. So that's why I have this appreciation of, of PV. I think it's really cool stuff. And I and I, I hope that one day it goes back to being the brand it, it used to be. I think it can. I think it's still got... I think there's still a lot of players out there who still want to see PV come back. I do. Um, and better than they are now. Because when I see them now, I think they make a couple cool things. And then the rest of the stuff, it just seems like it's just not a, heart, a full heart, heartfelt attempt. Um, and then Michael says, don't watch the undercover boss. I have a video talking about that. They didn't like it when I did the video of the PV guys. But, uh, but you know, it happened. I watched it. It's not great. You know, uh Again, it's it's one of those things like if you watch that video, what you really get is, again, you see how removed Hartley is. And that's why you need somebody who can really do it, do it right. All right. Let's get off that subject. Oh, so back to so music. Uh, sorry. Win for music. I'm sorry. That was a long non non answer to your question. But the answer is, I think you should get a PV cabinet to match it. Uh, not a new one, an old one with some uh, some old speakers uh, and and do it that way. Right. Andy Johns says, any thoughts on upgrading the pickups in a player telly blues rock and if a performer strat HSS first player is worth extra $500? All right. Hold on a second. Okay. Upgrading pickups in a player telly. Um, well, I, here, that question is so hard on these live shows to try to talk about because, you know, I got you're saying blues rock, but... What don't you like about the current pickups? And and sometimes I just want to keep reiterating that. It's not about what you should buy. It's about what you don't like currently. That's what you focus on. Okay? So and that's sometimes I think that's what causes the 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 uh, what do you call it? The the problem. You're thinking about how to make this better, right? So you're thinking about what you can get, what you can purchase or find that's going to improve the product you currently have, the guitar or the amp, in this case, guitar. But instead, flip that scenario around. Diagnose what is not right with your current guitar. What is it about the pickups you don't like? And that'll start telling you what you should be starting paying attention to. is Are they too mid-range? Are they too thin? Are they too weak? Are they too punchy? Do they sound sterile? Um, that's where you start thinking about what it is that you need to do and or what you don't like. 
skit sidetrack, but stay focused on what you don't like. If you have to make notes, <laughs> okay, then that helps you understand what it is you're looking for. Um, and uh, and that helps. And that's where I would start. So that's my advice. Don't Don't think about what you should replace with it. You should think about what it is you don't like, and then that will help you figure out, even for yourself, without even help from anybody like me, uh, just just where you should go. On your second part of your question, performer strat, HSS versus player, uh, performer versus player. So the player is the made in Mexico strat, and the performer is the mid-level made in a USA guitar for the extra $500. In my personal opinion, they are of the same quality for those two guitars. It just becomes whether or not you want to buy a made in USA guitar. What I will tell you is this silly thing that I'm going to say. If you want a great guitar and you're trying to keep some money in your pocket, you buy a player's guitar, a player's Strat or Tele um, from Fender. Made in Mexico, you're, you're going to be a happy camper. If you buy the Performer, the American Made series, um, you'll never regret buying an American Made guitar because it's timeless. It's forever. It doesn't really, it does, it's, you just buy it. So the question, the answer to you is if it, it's really, like you said, it's about your $500. You have, is it worth the extra $500? Well, here's the thing if you think you'd rather have $500 by the player, I'm telling you, you're fine. You'll never want for having the better guitar. If, you think in the long term you might get rid of that player, then definitely buy the Performer because it's it's going to last forever. One thing about the affordable American series, it's like the PRSS2s and some of the affordable satin series like uh, Gibsons and, of course, these Performers. What I've learned is this. It's like, you understand, once you buy the American-made stigma on an instrument, you've paid the majority of the cost factor which is that you're buying now something that says Made in America or Made in USA. Some of the people overseas get upset when I say Made in America. They're like, well, technically, you know, Canada and Mexico are America too. I understand, but United States. So uh, that's my answer to you is that basically you have to value whether or not you rather have 500 bucks in a good guitar or you want something that says Made in America that has a timeless quality to it, the fact that it just, it's a, it's a timeless, when I say timeless, I mean it's a, I have an American guitar. That's the thing you get to sell people. I have the American Strat. So, if that matters to you, I have an American Strat and a Mexican Strat. I think I like the American one better, but I think it's because of the color. <laughs> so, all right. John says, how is the Crimson build going? Okay, cool. He's talking about the kid build. Uh, are we expecting trash talk video from you? Love your work. Um, this is something I'm not super familiar with. Uh, I know that some of the guys that are doing this are doing a... Uh, let me get back to it. A uh, trash talking each other, Texas Toast, and I, I think Crimson Guitars and a bunch of more are, are doing this thing. You got to understand, th this is a different experience for me than it's probably going to be for the, those guys. Okay, so so let me explain how this works. Um, the those guys build guitars for a living. So a, a long time ago, my my son is twenty one years old. Okay, so. Like when my son was like two years old, I built basses. That's how I got started in this industry. I started, I built basses, right? I was doing corporate gig. I started building basses. And then I, somewhere on there, on the internet, because I got 700 videos, there's a video about this. And it talks about how I was building my own basses. And then I started importing my own basses. Because that's the next thing everybody comes up with. Hey, well, I build one when I can have sell millions of them, <laughs> right? And when I started importing the import bases, the version of my base, the one I designed, um, I spent forever repairing them because I was a small dude out of my garage uh, selling imported bases and uh, China, China and the import companies didn't care about me, so they would send me all kinds of defective product, and I, I had to fix it. So I would just fix it. So it became very good fixing stuff. So of course, when I opened my repair shop, because I decided actually that's what I like better. I like taking somebody's, that's Sharp Max. I like taking a cheap guitar and making it better. Why? Because although I've been playing guitar for 20 plus years or whatever, uh, 20 plus years, these nice guitars really didn't happen in my life till the, the tail end of that experience, right? So obviously when I opened a store, getting a store starts affording you the ability to get good high-end guitars because you, through negotiations, you know, right? I trade, I do all kinds of stuff. You get this stuff. It's, where, it's how it works. So my point is, it's the story is, I enjoy taking cheap things and fixing them up. That's why I like Dan from Guns and Guitars. I think channels like him are great to show you guys how you take something and make it a little better. I think most YouTube 
viewers can relate to that. I think less YouTube reviewers relate to like one day I want to start my own guitar company and build guitars. So, uh, so the reason I tell you that is um, this contest is different for different people. So here's why. Dan, um, Dan not Dan, uh, Texas Toast and Big D Guitars and Crimson, here's what I think. And I, uh, I think Crimson's probably going to win. That guy makes art, <laughs> right? Ben makes, they make art guitars. Have you seen that channel? I'll put a link down below. It's, it's mind-bogglingly bogglingly crazy, amazing. Um, I've never made anything like that, right? But, uh, <laughs> so, so, uh, so he'll probably win. Then Texas Toast, and I, I feel bad because I'm more familiar with Texas Toast than Big D. So I think Texas Toast will come in second and then Big D third because those guys build guitars. So of course, they're really, you can tell they're really excited about showing you how well they can make a guitar because they make they make guitars. Um, this thing for me was about two things. When it was originally presented to me, it was presented like this. We know everybody's locked in COVID. We thought it'd be fun to do a contest showing people how to build kits and you can give, and you can build a kit and then sell it and 100% of the money goes to charity. And I, that's all I cared about. So it's like, hey, charity. And, and I was hoping that you guys, like all my other videos that were thinking about buying a kit, I would just show you some quick trips, uh, quick trips, quick, quick tricks on how to build your kit easily you know what i mean so you guys can actually do something um so that's kind of like my focus I, I i guess and then i saw that then they were all like hey we're, we're the best and this guy sucks or whatever they're doing in the trash talk thing and i like trash talking by the way as you know uh anyone who's met my friend ralph knows we're sarcastic but uh that's not my focus keep in mind i really appreciate crimson guitars for donating the 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 neck and the body Everything else, I don't, there's no sponsor to this. It's going to cost me about four or $500 in parts. You know, pick, I got to buy two pickups, a bridge, tuning keys, electronics. Then I got to give two, three days to build this thing. And I'm, my biggest thing in this whole contest is I hope to please God, you guys pay what I paid for the guitar. Otherwise, I'll feel bad that I could have just gave that money straight to Guitars for Vets. So in my goal for this contest, here's my magical goal. I hope that whatever I spend on this guitar, you guys pay more than that, whoever wins it, and then that money goes to charity. Because like I said, otherwise, I could just give money straight to charity. So that was my focus. Just do the thing for charity. Um, so I'm excited. I'm actually really excited uh, to... to uh, to see what everybody else does. Keep in mind, I th the only reason I'm here in this contest is I don't know if I'm the biggest channel by subscribers, but I think I am or close. I'm on the top tiers, right? I mean, top tiers. Uh, I'm, I'm here probably gonna have optics, obviously when I do my videos. I plan to, to highlight everybody's, when I do my video, I plan to focus every on everybody else's guitars too and highlight them. I did a video uh, when I did my best guitars in, you know, that you can buy uh, that you don't know about under like a thousand bucks. I mentioned Texas Toast. I like to highlight, just like I did Hatama Guitars, I like to highlight anybody I can in those markets. Those guys, it, it's, it's, they do a great job. It's hard to get up and make a living. <laughs> Okay, I've said that a thousand times in this channel. I'll keep saying it. The, every one of those guys get up, work their ass off to make a living. If I can help them for a minute, that's great because I would rather help them and uh, and uh, then help, you know, when I'm helping Paul Reed Smith or Fender or Gibson or Sweetwater, you know what I mean? Those guys really don't need my help. It's like it's like telling you to get coffee at Starbucks. You already do that. It's just pointing, I want to point out the small shop. So that's what's going on with that. Uh, Build-wise, my plan is, uh, here's my strategy. Uh, I'm gonna, I allotted myself two days to build a guitar. So my plan is I'll, I'll open it out of the box, which I haven't done yet, because I thought the videos aren't supposed to be out until September. I'll clarify that. But my plan is probably in the next couple days, open it. I'll do the initial uh, staining and gluing all in one day, film that. The next day, I'll assemble all the components and all the stuff, put the guitar together, and then hopefully that afternoon or the next day, start editing all the footage and put it together in a video. That's my plan. So, uh, yeah, Kenneth says <laughs> Ben doesn't, at Crimson doesn't need a talk track. Yeah, you know what? Here's the thing. Ben, Ben's a, he's an anomaly, so you know. There's, there's, I've, I, you know, I've, how many guitar shows do I go to? How much crap have I seen at this point in my life? You know how many people build guitars like that guy? It's nuts. It's nuts. I, I it's like, it's like, there's Crimson Guitars, and then there's like Warrior. Do you guys remember Warrior Guitars? Not Google it. Uh, Ritter Basses. I mean, there's there's just a few companies that make, it's art. That's not even guitars. That's art. So you know, 
it, I mean, they're guitars. I, I don't want to take away from it. It sounds like I'm taking away. You understand what I'm saying. It's just art. It's just amazing. It's like, you, you know. Um, so, yeah, I hope. I was hoping. I was hoping, and I am hoping. So here's my plea to all those guys. I hope everyone really focuses on their strengths. I hope Dan at guitar, Guns and Guitarists does something that he typically does to show hats. You know what I mean? Uh, 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 Brad, I hope he does, you know, some cool... Uh, you know, rattle can finish or, or our, our polish finish. You know, what's funny is I don't do finish work at all and I have no interest in doing it. Um, like a lot of people, I have a guy that if I need finish work, I'll do it. In this case, I'm not going to have that done. Uh, I thought about it and then I thought, uh, but I mean, that's not the point of the video. The video is I'm supposed to do this stuff. So, um, but I'm hoping because if I was ever to do finish work, I would check out Brad's videos. I watched like two or three of his videos and I thought when I watched him, I go, well, if I ever was going to paint guitars, this is the guy I would just watch and learn from because I, I learned a lot in the couple videos I watched. But I also go, I have no, I have no desire to, to paint guitars. Um, I kind of feel like, uh, I kind of feel like I have a friend who's a framer and he doesn't want to do drywall. That's how I feel, <laughs> right? I just want to polish frets, put on the nut, <laughs> you know what I mean? Put in electronics. Make the guitar play nice. I don't want to worry about what it looks like. That's that's uh, that's not the thing I've I've honed any kind of skill set on. Mike said my skill is repair. I'm really like if you give me a squire, I can make it play great. That's what I do. That's it. So it's not magical and it's not exciting, but it carved me out a little niche in the YouTube community because there's a lot of you dudes with squires who like me showing you some tricks. So there you go. That's my stand on that. I'm excited. Uh, I'll give you guys updates uh, as I go. Um, uh, but. You know, there you go. So there you go. I, like I said, and again, thank you to Crimson and all those guys for for doing something cool. Very cool. Um, so there, there you go. <laughs> all right, what else do we got? Uh, we got some more pen questions. How are we doing on time? Am I going long again? I've been going. It's funny. I used to do these videos in, in an hour and ten minutes tops, an hour fifteen. Now we've been doing an hour and a half, hour and forty minutes. It's funny. I switched uh, podcast providers. Now I pay for the time that I use. <laughs> And I've been sucking up the time. It's kind of funny. All right. John says, oh, no, that was John. We did his. Justin. Justin says, thoughts on Hendrick, Charvel, Frankie, or EVH special? Um, my thoughts. Uh, I don't have any thoughts. Uh, EVH special, Frankie. I mean, it kind of sucks. I hate, you know, giving you. A, I like Charvels. I have an EVH. I, I don't have the EVH special. I have the EVH striped uh, that looks like the Charvel, not the special. Uh, I like it. You know what's funny is? I like that guitar. It's one of my best playing and sounding guitars, my EVH Stripe series made in Mexico. Uh, it's the red one. You guys have seen it in some of the videos, I'm sure. I like that guitar so much. The only thing I don't like about it is every time I pull it out, somebody always goes, oh, man, you're an Eddie Van Halen fan, huh? I'm like, yeah, I, yeah but that's not why I have it. <laughs> it's one of the downfalls of artist guitars. Everybody, instead of talking about the guitar, they always talk about the artist. Um, Tony says, how would you do the NAM if you ran it? Okay, well, let me drink water. <laughs> how would you do, okay, Tony wants me to know, how would you do the NAM if you ran it, or is there something you would change about NAM? I'd love to go, I think it'd be overwhelmed, sensory overload, your thoughts. Um, well, so I'm going to say this because obviously you're asking for it, so I'm going to give it to you harsh. Uh, a lot of channels like me have talked to everybody we can at NAM that will listen. The NAM is like your grandpa <laughs> in the new world, okay? Remember, I'm like your dad, right? Like, here's I heard a joke once, and I love it. The joke was, your dad doesn't play a marshal. Your dad plays a Mesa Boogie. Your grandfather plays a marshal. And I thought, <laughs> right? In that analogy, <laughs> I'm the dad, which means I'm not the cool guy is what that implies, right? Um, I'm not the cool guy. I'm just cooler than the really not cool guy. So in the NAM situation, what I'm saying is, is I'm not cool and I'm cooler than what they're doing. In other words, I'm on the platform that's more young, right? Or more forward thinking, YouTube platforms, you know, gear review channels, whatever the heck we're all doing out here. It's definitely more forward thinking than gathering a crap ton of people in, in Anaheim and then just seeing what happens. So uh, the NAM is, it's it, think about this, the NAM started because it was a place where dealers could go and see product, you know, because the only way they could see product is in a brochure, 
now you can see product through a virtual video and and that's to be honest that's probably good enough for most for selling stuff you know what i mean it's nice so you know some retailers might chime in in the comments on this they like touching and stuff sure who doesn't you know what i mean there's 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 benefits to nam but basically tony what i what i would do how would i change nam well first thing i would do is i would cut all the bs out of nam there's a lot of bs in nam here's why first of all it, when people say, oh, it's for dealers, it's not for YouTubers and all that stuff. Well, right, it's not for dealers either. Let's be very clear. The NAM is, is definitely lost all control of, of what it actually cares about anymore. The NAM is really focused on telling dealers how many people show up. The reality is, um, if I was going to run NAM now, it'd be Thursday, it would be dealers only, buyers, buyer badges, no employee badges, no visitor badges, no nothing, just buyers. Let the buyers come in and get business done. Now, that's tough because not all buyers could come in from all kinds of countries, but you understand, at least it'll get the bulk of them done. Then Friday should be like press day. Now, again, the buyers get to come on Friday and so do everybody else, but it should be press day. It should be focused on letting the YouTubers get the press stuff out. And that would actually, uh, and maybe it should flip. Some YouTubers are going to be like, no, Phil, Thursday. But let's let's be clear. And they have a press day on Wednesday, but it kind of sucks. My, my point is, is that at this point, the NAM should have, really been inclusive with more YouTubers. What I'm curious about, Tony, is this. The, U the NAM has been not very inclusive to YouTubers. In fact, some YouTubers will tell you this is true. Some YouTubers have actually been stopped. This happened this year. I don't know why it happened to certain channels and not others. Some channels were physically stopped by NAM and told they're not allowed to film because part of the agreement NAM is there's no filming at NAM. Could you imagine something? You see how many videos are coming out of NAM? <laughs> so I was like, that's very disconnected see how disconnected right um so anyways uh so my point is uh, what's interesting to me is this the nam is definitely going to have a horrible time this january i don't care what the state of the world happens if it gets better if it doesn't get better that's not what i'm focusing on what i'm focusing on is it's just gonna be tough look you go to nam in in 2019 in january i went to nam scared to death that i was gonna get the flu <laughs> right so was everybody Everybody's was like oh man i hope i don't get the flu right you think they were they were you think we were all nervous before this is going to be a weird time for this time of nam so really what i'm saying is they could probably use more youtube help than ever before but they've done very little to no uh interaction with trying to get that that thing in integrated right yeah, nobody told Andertons. Well, that was the whole point. It was kind of funny because it was you could tell it was just somebody in security was probably going off something that they were told, you know, in a in a in a pamphlet or something. But that's my point with Nam. Nam, uh, I like that there's a Nam because who doesn't like to go and check out guitars all day and stuff? I mean, I like that it's there. As a business, I think a lot of businesses should stop going. I think some businesses have to go, um, and I think that. Uh, they should do a better job at helping the people who are trading, trying to bring that experience to you guys. Because let me tell you, there isn't a single YouTuber, including Andertons, I bet. I bet. I don't know. I never talked to Lee about this. But I would say, uh, I would say that there's probably not a single channel creating content from Nam for you guys that says it's a great experience. It's actually always hard. It and I don't mean because it's hard work. I mean it's because it's it's again against the grain. You're going against the NAM. The NAM is not creating an environment that makes it easy to make content. And then whenever I say that, I've I got a lot of pushback because everybody says, "Well, the NAM's not about you guys. It's about dealers." Well, I was a dealer going there for for 13 years as a dealer. <laughs> Wasn't much better experience being a dealer. So it's just an outdated format. I hope they change it and update. That's what I'm saying. Uh, all right. Tony says we should do our own NAM. Hinning did that. Hinning's that's what Hinning's idea is. So you know, GitCon was Hinning's idea. Uh, uh, Gearhead University essentially is Hinning's idea with Tolman sprinkling their their stuff on it. And then of course Gear Street Forty Two. Hinning is essentially the catalyst that was like, hey, there should be something better than NAM. Why don't we just create it, <laughs> right? Um, so yeah, of course. Uh, and that's and like I said, so a lot of people thought that all these congregations of YouTubers going to these events was something else. But really what it was was this idea of, hey, man, the audience really just wants to see the gear. So make videos of the gear. That's kind of the idea. All right. Uh, what else we got? <laughs> More pin questions. Let's do it. Uh, let me go to we have. Oh, my goodness. 
more than I thought. All right, we got Anthony. Anthony says, hey, Phil, been looking for a treble booster for my dirty little secret pedal. Okay, uh, but will it... But... Will it work with light OD like a tube screamer, heavier OD like a rat? Um, I don't know what the dirty little secret pedal is, uh, sadly enough. Been looking for a trouble booster for my dirty little secret pedal. I don't know what pedal that is. Isn't that funny? Let me look. Give me a second. I probably will not be able to give you any decent answer, but at least I can look. And... Because sometimes, looking at a picture of it, yeah, I've never tried it. Is it Catlin brand? Yeah. It's not a, it's not a pedal I've ever tried. But, of course, now that you've brought it up, I'm going to be like, maybe I, I'm going to watch. I guarantee this. We watch at least two or three reviews of it tonight. When I'm supposed to be doing probably something else. I'll be like, i got to see what he's talking about. So I can't really answer to, to that, sadly enough. But at the very least, I'll check it out. And who knows? Maybe it will lead one day to a review of it or something. Uh, Gpost001 says, I'm looking to build a warm-off P-Base. For the first time, anything someone, anything someone new to this should look out for. Bonus, opinion, status. Uh, oh, he wants an opinion on the status graphite next. With Warmoth, it's super easy. I got one piece of advice to give everybody who looks at Warmoth. I love Warmoth stuff. I think it's some of the best quality stuff. I think literally I, I used to have – I used to argue with people. I Talk about something I told you earlier in this episode or sh show that I, you guys sometimes say stuff and I'd argue and now I'm on your side. People would tell me, like, Warmoth is the best stuff. And I'm like, ah, it's good. But, man, it's got crappy resale value. And I was so hammered on that resale value that I lost sight of the fact that you can buy a, a finished body that looks as stellar, as custom, as crazy as anyone else. Get a neck, put it together yourself, and it's as good as anything you can buy Three, four, five thousand dollar guitars. Literally, no exaggeration there. Um, great stuff. And there's always going to be a person out there like, I got Warmoth, it wasn't that great. But I'm telling you, as a whole, Putting Warmoth, let me, I told you I've done a lot of kit builds where people brought stuff and I had to finish up the kit or do the setup because a lot of people, you know, put them together and just say, could you just do the setup? Every time it was Warmoth stuff, I was like, easy money, easy breezy, <laughs> right? In fact, sometimes, sometimes um, when you do setups like that, a lot of times you're just putting the customer's mind at ease. You're just like going through and going, no, yeah, everything's right. And they're like, oh, that's what they want to hear. They just want to hear somebody else that maybe has a better eye or hands or ear at looking at it to see that there's no problems, to give them, you know, it's nice to get reassurance, get a second opinion, you know, just like you go to your doctor, get a second opinion. Um, so that being said, great stuff. Can't tell you enough great stuff about that. But what I'll tell you about ordering one, man, here's what you need to do. First of all, write everything down you want to order. Um, and then make sure that you fully understand everything that's saying. A lot of people like to do this thing. It drives me nuts when it comes to warm-up builds, builds. They don't understand maybe what a measurement means or what one of the categories are. So they click the best thing and they go. No, make sure you understand. Call them. Ask them. Call somebody. Find the answer. Get the right answer. Here's why. Understand that I, I'm telling you, if you build a warm-off kit, you know, if you get warm-off parts and build a warm-off guitar, you're going to have an amazing guitar. But you're going to have a guitar that you're stuck with. You know, honesty sometimes hurts. Here's what hurts. And I've been there too. So, you know, I've been there too. It happened to me, you know, maybe 15 years ago. It's probably eight years ago, and I'm just exaggerating because I don't want to tell you the truth. <laughs> Man, when you, you you laugh when you see those guys with their warm-off builds on Craigslist and on Reverb, and they're like, warm-off build, $1,600, I paid $18. you are like, oh, dude, you're not getting that. Everybody knows when they see that warm-off build. They're like, you're not getting that. So that's what I'm going to tell you, GP, G Post 001. Warmoth will make you great parts. You'll have a great guitar or a great bass in this case. But please make sure you take the time to make sure it's right. Ask questions because if you get it right, you'll be happy. If you get it wrong, you are stuck and you're not going to be happy. And that's where I think a lot of people have bad experience with Warmoth. It's not Warmoth's fault. It's your fault. Own, own the fact that you need to take some time to make sure. So uh, so your, uh, my opinion on the strat status graphite next. So he's talking about status, the the company status graphite next um i'm not a fan i've owned a status graphite uh base which is fantastic base and so this is where it gets contradictory because i'm gonna say the things are fantastic and then tell you why i didn't like at the end i've had zon base uh graphite neck base uh that was that was good i like that the best modulus uh and i also had a um Moses, I don't know if Moses is still around but Moses i had a Moses neck both for a strat and for a base um the thing about those things is 
I just prefer the, the feel and comfort of wood over the graphite. Uh, there's nothing wrong with graphite. It's just, you know, you, you're going to understand. It's going to have a different sound. It's going to have a different feel. I didn't dig it. Uh, I don't dig that it's really cold when it's cold. I don't dig that it gets hot when it gets hot. Uh, I, I don't like it. I just don't like it. And I, I've talked about this before. I used to get a bruise uh, right there on my hand, my left hand playing it, because every time the neck would like, it, you never realize that the neck kind of bounces into your hand sometimes when you're playing, and it would bounce, and then like I get a little bruise right there because the neck was so hard and heavy, it would smack my my hand, and I had this little bruise and a little knot right there, and I was like, what is this from? And then I started playing my other P bass, and it went away, and then I started playing my graphite neck bass again, and I came back. So I was like, oh, that was kind of weird, and maybe over time it callus there because I have a callus, I have a really weird callus on this finger right here. You can probably see it that callus is from the way I, I actually rake this pinky across the strings all the time so I have to build a callus on the back of my hand and that uh, so uh, so my point to this story is uh, dig it I dig it but uh, you know my my I came back to the wood is what I basically say uh, Adam did a super chat for no reason thank you Adam uh, Darius says uh, are there any affordable handmade acoustic uh, guitar brands on the rise that I don't know of Hmm, not that I know of. Uh, usually handmade, acoustics are their own game, man. So handmade is always crazy nuts. And every hand guy, especially when you're saying handmade, I'm thinking small shops building stuff. Um, technically, all acoustics are handmade, even $99 acoustics, because it's almost impossible to CNC out a acoustic. For the most part, you just they're made by hands. But I understand what you're meaning. I think you're talking about like a, a not a boutique, but maybe a more of a, like what I was talking about earlier, artisan kind of thing. Not that I know of, but I'll keep the eye out now. I uh, I told myself earlier this year, one of the things I was going to focus on was more acoustic videos. And then COVID screwed that all up. So it's been tough to get a hold of more acoustic companies. Although I think Alvarez has reached out to me. I haven't, I read the email. I just got to figure out what it is that they're willing to send me and check out. Cause I think that'd be cool videos. As you guys know, I'm an Alvarez fan. So I'd be up for that. I like uh, the acoustic videos. Uh, they never do as good as electric, but I don't care. I like doing them, and, and I play acoustic so much. It actually, I think I always connect better in those videos when I play. Uh, I feel more connected to the instrument. Uh, Front Level Midnight says, please do more AMAs, like likely make you more money too. Um, yeah, you know, I like doing the live show. I, I just I worry about burning out, me and you guys burning out. So I try to do more, and then I, you know, burn out. <laughs> you burn out. We all burn out. Um, sometimes I go, you, sometimes it's hard to remind people I'm just talking to a screen for the last hour and a half. So it's kind of a, it, it feels like a conversation, but then I, sometimes I go, that's kind of, it's not because I can't talk to you guys. I can only read. Um, Jason says, Hey Phil bought a damaged Gretsch dented deep enough to have some finish flaked off. Um, uh, yeah. Any way to keep it from flaking anymore? Super glue, maybe you can. When you said Gretsch, you didn't say what kind. I'm assuming, just because I'm assuming it's probably either the Electromatic series or the Streamline series, which would be, it would be a polyurethane type finish. Obviously, uh, most of the Japanese ones are still polyurethane finish. Very few of the Made in Japan are lacquer finish. Lacquer would be the easiest thing, right? I mean, that would be super easy to fix. Um, uh, but it would de depend on the type of thing. You can probably use paint, a paint pen to fill it in, uh, you know, or paint. You can use super glue. I've used super glue many times, um, and uh, to do that. Uh, but it would just depend on the finish. But yeah, of course you can do that. There's a, a lot of fixes for that. Other thing too on that, I should always mention this too. And the thing on that is sometimes you also want to, if the guitar is not expensive, I understand, but if it's got any kind of expense to it at all, you put any money into it, also check to see if anyone does any quick refund work. There's always dudes out there that are connected to music stores. Believe it or not, you just don't know, but there are. There's guys that will do finish work like, oh, I'll fix that for 15 bucks, man. And they'll make it to where it's, you know, you have to know it was there to see it. So be, be aware of that. Um, if you were local, I know a local guy who does that too. You know, he'll do it, like I said, dirt cheap. So there's guys. There's guys, like I said, just good at finish work. So stuff like that. Andy Johns did another super chat. He said, any suggestions for upgrading a player telly pickups? I thought I did this one already. I did. Wait. I did. Did it cycle back around? Oh, I feel like I'm... I'm lost in the new screen. Okay. Um, 
No more as officially now. No more super chat. So if you super chat, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. Um, I'm not gonna read it this week. I'll have to go next week. So I'm gonna go backwards from the last one, so that way I know. Chuck in Music uh, says, "Hey Phil, really enjoyed the ranking videos. I bet it was a lot of work to put together. We appreciate the effort." Uh, yeah, you know what though? Funnest videos I ever did. Um, because it's one of those videos. Not only is it fun to make and it's fun to think about because you're thinking all the stuff you never thought about before, but also you're like kind of biting your fingernails, like, "Man, the internet's gonna kill me!" Right? <laughs> <laughs> like, I hope we all stay friends after this. Anytime you rank stuff. But you know what it is? I just thought it'd be fun. I, I actually I saw I released the bass one real quick. I did the bass one because I knew the bass guys would be like, hey, do bass. I have an acoustic one, a hollow body one. I have the uh, the uh, over-under uh, ones. Um, it's it's obviously funny. It's like one of those things when you watch it, you're like, uh, I, I appreciate you saying that because I think most people watch that. They watch like a 10-minute video or 18-minute video, and they're like, oh, yeah, that's great. One take. It's probably easy. Um, it's, uh, it takes, uh, took me three, the, the one you're talking about, the guitar one took me three filming. So I filmed it three times because, uh, I didn't like the way it worked on the second, the first two times. Uh, and it was 40 minutes each time. So I took 40 minutes, edit down to 18. So not a lot of time. And then editing took about four hours. <laughs> so it's not horrible, but it sucks up a whole day before you know it, but it was great. It was fun. Uh, and I'm excited about the other ones too. Uh, so Bill says, any experience with uh, D'Angelico? I, I do. I've played a bunch of them. Uh, I've never worked on one. It's one of those guitars like I've just never seen one to work on. But I've played a bunch. I've played a few at Guitar Center. i played a few at the at the NAMM show. A uh, buddy of mine has one and played one. Um, very cool. It That guitar reminds me of that PRS uh, SE uh, guitar that's behind me. The one behind me. Whatever. You can see it. If I could turn my... That podcast people won't see it, but right now I'm pointing at the SE uh, uh, PRS that I reviewed. That's fifteen hundred dollars. It's kind of like that. It kind of like, oh man, you know, this is a lot of money for what you perceive it to be. But hollow bodies are expensive. They just are. Um, and uh, so I, I liked it. I liked it uh, a lot. That, that would be my my take on it. Liked them a lot. Um, Wesson said, uh, "Hi Phil, could you do a sharp max on a '70s or '80s Greco Les Paul?" Uh, would really like to see what you think of them stock and then modified modified um, well I can't do that but I do have a sharp of my axe with a 1970s Ibanez um, it's and so you know it's it, it's been the toughest sharp max I've ever done because COVID shut down all the parts I couldn't get the parts I needed so I finally got some of the parts and I started production on it uh, and it's basically the same thing. It's that era instrument. It's going to be cool. And uh, I'm going to come at it a little differently than the other videos. I'm trying to make all the Sharp Max videos kind of a different vibe. You know, kind of like I know I did the four string telly one. I, I try to do something different each one. It's not about just regurgitating the same thing. That's why the sponsor thing never worked out. Because every sponsor wanted to sponsor me with stuff. And I can't, I've said this before, I can't make a Sharp Max where every week it's like, hey, this is what you do. You take a guitar, you put Graph Tech on it, and then you you put this right the same like four products even though graph tech great companies i understand but who wants to watch that every week's the same or every time i do it, it's the same stuff so i'm trying to do st different stuff so i've just had to self-sponsor them at this point um which isn't horrible <laughs> by any means um uh, let's see scott says uh, i have a prs archon 25 combo that i love for metal metal uh do i need a proper clean amp man no i love the archon you don't love the archons clean that's why i own archon that's the clean in fact uh, the tremani head uh when i reviewed the tremani head the mt15 um i thought the tremani was just as good as the archon in almost every way except just for some reason the archons clean just really appealed to me it's the clean on that amp that i love uh says hi how high low would you rank it with the archon clean channel uh, per uh, my best amp my best clean amp. But, I mean, I, I love Fender clean. Don't get me wrong. But, man, out of all my amps that are not Fender, actually, you know what? It's not even that. My favorite clean amp, like if I was going to record today and I needed a clean amp, I'd use the Archon. Even more than my custom 50 PRS or all the other amps I have, I love the clean on the Archon. It's just a great clean. It's where they nailed it. So, so yeah. Now, you have the 25-watt, and I had the 25-watt combo as well. And uh, it does break up a little bit. It's really hard to get it to break up. But in 25-watt mode, the only thing about the clean channel, a little lacking on the 25-watt combo, is hard to, hard to get some low end out of it. So that's one of the, the things. you got to. Uh, but I will tell you this. If you want, the 20, if you want an amazing clean, take your 25-watt uh, combo Archon, output the signal of the power to a 212 or 412 cabinet, and you'll be like, whoa, yeah, that's great. 
Yeah, it's amazing. Uh, Drew says, really dug the imported bases video. Hey, man, thank you. Bass player video. <laughs> it was funny. That that lined up exactly like we predicted. We were like, I, I thought, you know, I bet you the uh, the uh, ranking video for guitar will do thirty to 50,000 views, which I think it did about a little more than 50,000. So I was like, oh, I nailed it. When it did the bass one, I remember editing it and doing all the work going, this will do 5,000 views. And I think it did 10 or 12. So I was actually impressed. I was really shocked. Um, so it was good. So I'm glad you liked it. Uh, have you already done a something on mid-tier basses or plan on doing that in the future? Yeah. So so the the way I do video content for me is I kind of dream up the idea. I type it all out. I kind of I don't script. I wish I did. It would be less mistakes in my videos and less stupid stuff. But I've just learned that I got to capture me in the moment. You know what I mean? Sometimes because I just. I don't know how to come across any other way. So um, I spend more time doing the research than I do making the content. So on the base category, it's just sorting all the stuff and doing all the stuff and then learning. Cause obviously, you know, it's funny, these sorted rank categories, they're real common on YouTube, but not really common in the guitar community. You don't see a whole lot of it. So there wasn't like a template and go, Oh, let's see how this YouTuber did it. And then I'll try to figure that out. There were everybody. And I can tell you right now uh, where I, I liked a uh, reason I came with the idea. You guys gave me the idea a, a week or two ago. We were talking about, like sponsors and i was basically saying i don't really work with a whole lot of sponsors if not any and then i started thinking about going yeah that kind of just kind of why don't i make more content since i don't have to really worry about you know and like i said i try to make friends with everybody in the industry especially the companies because obviously i'm in the industry and you know i have a lot of friends that work for a lot of these companies um but you know what i'm saying i i don't really i'm not really held to worry about that so i, I thought what kind of videos can i make where i don't have to worry about that and uh that was the videos I came up with. I thought, yeah, that's great. I can do it, and I don't have to worry about this company X going, hey, man, we paid you for videos, and now you're saying we're number 17? You know, right? I don't have to deal with that. Okay. Uh, that uh, Aaron Adams says, uh, I am torn between making making my Mark V 25 sound awesome, okay, to me alone, and trying to dial in, whoa, where did it jump? Dial in a, a band mix to get it used to it. Thoughts on this uh, conundrum? Uh, yeah. The, the the Mark 525, I have mine. It's one of my it's one of my longest owned amps at this point. It's one of the first uh, videos I ever did on my channel. I love that amp. I even did a video. So you know, there's a video shootout of that amp where I was using a band. And here's what I've learned about the Mark uh, 525. First of all, uh, and I've said this a million times. I'll say it a million times more just because he deserves credit. I bought my Mark 525. I couldn't get it to sound good. I thought it sounded like ass, and I was ready to to sell it. Um, and uh, I think I told that story about how I was going to sell it and stuff. And then Ola England did a video on it. He showed you how to dial in it. Dude, it's, it's, it's nails it. But uh, the other video you need to watch is there's a video of, of uh, Randall Smith, the owner of Mesa Boogie, and John Petrucci messing with the Mark 525. Dude, it's crazy good video to show you a way. That amp is is really difficult. You can get great sounds, but you work at it. Um, in, a, in a loud uh, format, it's just a different beast. So you do have to, to mess with it right um so my my suggestion to you in you're saying in a band mix is try the idea that they did in that video that's really great which is they use the clean channel they switch it to the to the most aggressive setting turn the gain up turn the eq on they turn that into another gain channel that's a great thing i've done i've had great success with that too um but the other thing i will tell you is this one, one thing about that amp is because it's basically a small platform amp 25 watts um and uh, you know it's got the el84s i believe what i was going to tell you was when you could turn it up and you try to use it with band run the gain as low as possible trust me the amp's going to create all kinds of gain there's the power section is going to create gain the damn every everywhere that amp's going to ooze gain everywhere it can so just try and not juice the gain up because it's coming anyway so that's what i would suggest you just back off all the distortion you can and uh and that usually helps a lot uh, Gabriel says, what do you think about exotic picks? I bought some blue chip and I didn't like them at all. Went back to shark tooth picks. Uh, check them out by the way. I I've tried all kinds of crazy exotic picks. I love the idea of them. And like you, I always land with the most boring picks ever. Uh, so yeah, but I still going to try them. Picks are one of those things where I will, I will try a different pick because at the price point of a pick to try something new, it's probably the cheapest thing you can experiment with that will actually do the most. I mean, it changes the way you you know you play. It changes everything. You're sometimes the sound. It, it has more effect than it, it probably gives credit for. And it and and what's great about picks is 
when somebody when I see a pick and it's like seven dollars and somebody goes that's ridiculous and I'm like yeah I understand it's ridiculous for a pick because it's seven dollars because we can buy a bag of picks for four dollars but seven dollars to try something is probably the cheapest thing you're going to be able to do again I'm not saying you should waste your money I'm just saying if you're looking for something to experiment with without spending you know buying a new guitar a new pedal a new amp Sometimes picks fun to check out too. So I'll, I check them out. But like you, I always end up back. I'm actually back to Herco picks. I think I've talked about this now. I was doing the Dava picks for a while. And then I, I, I tried. I don't think I have them here. No, I didn't. Uh, and I, I like these. Um, these are those Master 8 picks. I'm really digging those. And, uh, of course, I also use a couple others. Um, Prime Tones. I like the prime tones, but I'm back to the Hercos. When I say back to, if you notice in the videos, you can see it's a silver pick in my hand. I'm, I'm using these. Um, this is the Herco version, and it's important to mention that there's an Eddie Van Halen version of this. It's slightly thinner, even though it looks the same, and I think they say they're the same thickness. I like the Herco ones, uh, and they're dirt cheap. So I'm kind of excited back to being cheap picks again because I, I bought, uh, you know, like that many picks for like four bucks, and this will probably last me. Uh, Till I re retire one day, <laughs> forever. I don't lose picks. I've never really lost picks. It's kind of the thing. So I, I, I that's nice. Um, let's see what else. And I think that's it. I think I did all the super chats. So like I said, if you did a super chat after that, I apologize. Let me make sure I didn't miss a super chat. Let me go back to the main thing because I've been on super chats for a long time. Charles says the best picks of the Graftech uh, Tusk. Uh, yeah, you know what? Great picks. Again, there's so many good picks. It, picks are one of those things like, you, you <laughs> pun intended, you have to pick one, and then once you pick one, you're like, you know, but the truth is I could probably play 50 different picks that I like. That's how many picks there are that 50 would be in my top 50, no problem. Uh, yeah, Cowtown says, oh, hey, Cowtown, how's it going? Uh, Cowtown says uh, V-Picks, of course, V-Picks, Vinny at V-Picks is a great guy. Um, you know what I mean? There's so many good picks. That's what I said. Uh, and I think it's also cool to switch up. Like I've been doing Dava for like three years. It was time to switch up again. Sometimes you just switch up. It doesn't mean what, it doesn't mean the other pick's bad. It just means I'm, I need something different. And that's what I did. The other thing I want to do is also remind you guys that uh, I put links in down below for the new hats, which is important. I also put links for the stuff we talked about today so far, and there'll be more. But also I want to uh, share one more time that they're doing the second annual uh, music school for aspiring musicians on August 10th, 11th, 12th, and 13th. Like I said, I would bring this up. Tyler Larson from Music Owners Win. Uh, sent it to my attention. Um, not only do I like him, and a lot of you guys like him as well, uh, he's going to be teaching for four days. Also, Tim Pierce for four days. Of course, you got Gary Granger, uh, and you have Paul Reed Smith himself uh, will be there. It's $100, so it works out $25 a day, and I guess they're giving a guitar every day away. And this is important to mention that Paul Reed Smith is there. It's not a Paul Reed Smith event. This is important to mention, and this is not a sponsored or paid uh, a promotion. I'm not paid or sponsored or getting anything if you click any of that stuff. I'm just passing it on because I'm friends with Tim Pierce. I'm friends with Tyler Larson. Both those guys have been cool to me over the years. And uh, and I like the idea of this. I think it's uh, something to do. If you got a hundred bucks and you got four days and you want to do a virtual event, check it out at least if you're into it. I, I have a feeling that the people who are into this are going to be happy I told them about it. And that's uh, all that really matters. Um, on that note, I'm going to let you guys go. I've been talking for almost two hours. I appreciate you guys hanging out. As always, uh, look forward, or look forward, look for the new videos I have this week. There's more uh, content coming, of course, every uh, week. Make sure you subscribe and like uh, to support the channel. I always appreciate you doing that. And uh, enjoy your weekend. And uh, until next time, I guess I'll just leave you with uh, thank you for your time and know your gear.